Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from the tech, media, business worlds, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today, huge episode, massive episode of Non-Technical, cannot be overstated. (laughs) Today, we have Zach Kukoff, an early stage investor at General Catalyst, although he's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask him all that much about. Zach! You're on the pod. I am so happy to be on the pod. My lifetime ban was rescinded. This is a big day for me too. It was a big emotional journey for me to rescind the ban. We had to lift it just to get you on. Now one fewer face for the wall of banned faces. It's a real real pleasure. (laughs) This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by public.com. Public.com is the investing social network where you can buy stocks with any amount of money and share ideas within a community of investors. Public.com combines the ease of fractional investing, which is when you buy stocks in small slices versus small shares, with an educational community that makes it possible to learn and build your confidence. Honestly, asking my friends or researching what people I trust are doing with their stocks has always been a big part of my approach to the stock market anyway. And Public.com makes it super easy to do that. It's free to use and there are $0 commission fees on standard trades, plus no account minimums to get started. Head to public.com to sign up or take a look at what I'm investing in at public.com slash yay Alexis Gay. And now the fine print. This is not investment advice. This offer is valid for U.S. residents 18 plus and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures for more information. Some professional background on Zach. So Zach is an early stage investor at General Catalyst. Previously, he founded Truant Today, which is an ed tech startup helping schools maximize their state and federal funding. While enrolled as an undergrad at NYU Gallatin, Zach served as one of Dorm Room Fund's eight managing partners nationwide, investing in student-run startups throughout the country, followed by three years at Emergence Capital, where he led the Scout Fund. Now, in his role at General Catalyst, Zach helps lead the East Coast early stage practice. Zach... Welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you for having me. It's truly my pleasure. I've wanted to have you on for a while for so many reasons. Some context on that. A, we went to the same college. Yes. NYU Gallatin. Yeah, not at the same time, though. Okay, we technically did overlap for one year. I didn't know you at that point. But yes, we did go to the same school for one whole year. We never met there. Also, our birthdays are one day apart. That's true. That's true. There's a lot of like missed little like missed moments like that. The the birthdays, mm. the Gallatin thing. We both lived in SF. I think we lived near each other. And we just never crossed paths. Yeah, yeah. We met on the internet. That's as right. So many good friends do. <laughs> That's right. On of all places, uh, Clubhouse. The the one and only. Uh, and also, you're very funny on Twitter, which is how then I feel like I got to know you more because of all of your hilarious tweets. And now we're friends. And now we're friends. And I had known you, or known of you at least, because you had, had done that very funny video series mm. that gone viral on SF parties. And so oh, I yes. had known who you were a little <laughs> bit as a result of that. Oh, so can I not plug your stuff? Or it's you only, can I plug it was only <laughs> Okay, all right. Your professional stuff is on board. This is my professional stuff we're keeping to the side. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled to have you. I mean, we could maybe just kick things off diving into how you got banned from non-technical originally, and then we can, uh, I can start asking you some questions for the listeners. Well, let me, let me turn it around to you. How did I get banned from not? Do you not know? I don't actually. Yes, well, I, I can't. Oh, you I, know. I, I knew. I knew. I just don't recall this cur- like present moment in time, but I did know at one point how I got banned. Okay. Well, just hold the phone because I know exactly when and how you got banned. I remember it like it was yesterday. 
Oh, no, I do remember this now. Go okay. Ahead. I log on to Twitter. It's a normal day. I'm just expecting to see some, you know, insights from thought leaders, some really hilarious tweets from my friends. And I log on. This is January 5th, 2021 at 528 p.m. And oh my gosh. I see a tweet from Zach Kukoff, and it says, Too bad that no one has ever made a good podcast. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> Ugh, I, uh, I, you know, I, I would say that I stand by it. And actually what I would say on top of that is I'm, mm. it's such a pleasure for me to be participating in the first ever good podcast episode of all time. <laughs> That's really how I want to land actually on this topic. <laughs> Do you think that it could get good enough for you to change your opinion? Mm. Mm. You know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard topic because yeah. most podcasts are really bad. They're just not good. <laughs> It's just, you listen to most podcasts and it's a lot of people yapping away. Just yapping. Just yap, yap, yapping. And they don't say a lot of interesting things. It's a lot of stuff that I just don't find very compelling. And I, I tried, that. you you recommended some good podcasts after that tweet. Mm-hmm. I think I tried one of them and I found it to be, it was too true crimey. Like it was okay. too much That's of that. Fair. Yeah. I just found that I didn't actually like hearing murders described to me. Hmm. Like right like into your ear, ASMR, yeah, yeah. ASMR <laughs> style into my ear. How bizarre! Yeah, I don't know why anyone really likes that. To be honest, I, I can't really can't really get my head there. But I am excited that this is the first ever good podcast in the history of podcasts, and more people should know that. Absolutely. The other connection you have to non-technical is that you're someone I talked about non-technical with a lot before I even started the show. So I, you actually were involved in its genesis. Well, people don't know this, but I was actually gunning for a guest spot all the way back then. Oh, really? I knew <laughs> Laying foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called playing the long game. Okay. And I knew this was going to be the only good podcast ever. Uh-huh. And so I thought to myself, I'll just encourage Alexis very cunningly mm-hmm. to make this podcast so I can get a guest spot on the one good podcast. I love this. Okay. So now let me know how I can be helpful. It really takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Amazing. Okay. So Zach, tell me this work is done for the day and you close your computer. Then what? Well, it's funny. I was saying this to you earlier, but when I pre COVID, there were so many good answers to this question. Right. It's so many interesting things I did. Now it's like, you know, I go from the bad screen to the good screen. That's yeah. sort of the, the short version. What's on the good screen? What's on the good screen? I made a promise this year to not do any business books. That was my like beginning promise nice. to myself. A okay. year without business books. I broke that promise, but I'm reading a really good book. You broke it already? Well, it's like in classic New Year's resolution fashion. This is February 23rd, I think. I think I made it like a whole month, though. So that was pretty good. Uh, I, you know, relative to other New Year's resolutions I've made in the past. That's decent. Yeah, it's basically 12 months. Okay. So I've been reading a lot lately. That's been a fun one. And normally what I do during after work is this. I love to spend time with people. I'm like a little right. bit of a hyper extrovert. And so yeah. before COVID, I usually would go out either to, to eat or for a walk with yeah. somebody in the park or, you know, just sitting in in Dolores or Salesforce Park or Mm -hmm. or Hayes Valley after work. And that was like my favorite thing, which is a couple people in the park hanging out. And that's the thing that I've obviously can't do quite as Mm -hmm. much now during COVID. So that's the real answer. It's so wild to hear you say that you would be in Hayes Valley after work. That is literally where I lived in San Francisco for for years. Well, that's what I mean. It's another misconnection. I know. We're ships in the night. Truly, truly. I lived right down the street from Hayes. And I used to walk over to Hayes Valley after work and, and, you know, grab a bite to eat. 
hang out with people around there. All of my friends lived like a five minute radius from Hayes. Wow. Sometimes go up to uh, Alamo Square. That sort of serendipitous after work in person thing yeah. was my entire life pre COVID. Yeah. Oh, man. I miss it so much. Have you ever been known as the something person? I was definitely the theater girl. Was I ever known as the something person? I've always liked to talk. I've always enjoyed. <laughs> I've always enjoyed talking. Definitely was known as a kid as somebody who liked to talk, somebody who, mm-hmm. you know, liked to debate, liked to argue a little bit. You know, okay. so I would say I did like every competitive talking. I wouldn't really? call it a sport, but yeah. It's a little, little bit insulting to actual sports. <laughs> Debate, mock trial, model UN. I mean, if there was a an outlet to talk competitively, yeah. I was there and with bells on. I was enthusiastic to be there. And you know, I also did mock trial. I do. I do know you did. Of oh, course. I did. You didn't do it though at, at NYU because I did mock trial in undergrad. I did it my freshman year. Okay. I did as well. Well, those are different years. <laughs> yeah, different <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So do you think that you are known now for as someone who like talks a lot or just talks enthusiastically? You know, I would hope that if you were to ask my colleagues, the companies mm-hmm. I work with, they would say I talk just the right amount. Everything I say is tremendously value additive. Sure, sure. Every insight is like, you know, hearing it from God's own voice coming down from Mount yeah, Sinai. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I would imagine everyone would say. And I don't want to hear if that's not the case. No. No, I think people would say I speak very enthusiastically. That would be the polite, the diplomatic way of saying it. I was on the phone with you a couple months ago and you were trying to get me off the phone because I go on and on on phone conversations and I want, I know the other person wants to leave. (laughs) I know it too. It's not like I'm ignorant. I'm just like, no, I'm not done with this phone call. No, I'm still finishing my sentence I'm like, no, I still have, there's more to say. And then I'll do this thing that I think is terrible, which is I'll be on the phone with somebody. I'm like, aware that they probably want to go, but then I'll, I'll just ask another question. I'll be like, Oh yeah, by the way, how's your mom? Just, I can't help it. I want to know. I really love talking to my friends and catching up. You got me off the phone in this, like such a suave way. I was like, this is one of the reasons Zach is good at his job. That's horrible that the thing that you have that sticks out in your memories, I'm so good at hanging up on people. Like, yeah, Zach must be great at his job because I wanted to spend more time with him. And he was like, nope, friendship over, getting off the phone. You had to go do something. I think you had a legitimate reason, but it was funny. I'm sure, I'm sure I did. I'm sure. It was like, and I'll uh, I'll let you go in just a minute. It was something like that. (laughs) It was something beautiful like that, that I kind of filed away for myself. There are so many bad stock phrases that I have learned Mm. to end conversations. I once caught myself doing it to a family member who will remain nameless. But I felt (laughs) so bad. I was like, wait a minute. Did I just get my aunt off the phone by saying like, all right, I'll let you go. Talk to you soon. Adios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was not not so good. I don't have to use this tactic so much because as mentioned, I'm usually the one that it's getting used on. But I would like to (laughs) develop a couple. I feel like that's a nice thing to have if you want to get off the phone. It's a nice thing to have until people realize it's being done to them. And then they get, and then if anything, you're on the phone for longer trying to defend yourself on how you're not trying to sure. get off the phone. If right. you try to use another phrase on me, I will. T- I'll call you out right. for sure. Your, your like immune system is yeah. now prepped. and re- You've been vaccinated yeah. against my off the phone, <laughs> my off the phone uh, mannerisms. A hundred percent. That is so funny. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? Something really inconsequential that you feel really passionately about? You know what? When I was a kid, 
I saw the Star Wars prequels before I saw the main movies. Okay. Like I mentioned, I was a big policy debate guy. And and the (laughs) Star Wars prequels have a really healthy amount of trade policy and a very light amount of action. And so I I don't know what kind of impression I got about Star Wars. But as like a child, I was like, oh, cool, a movie that hits all the boxes. Like trade policy, free trade, you know, debate in the Senate. And like once in a while, they get in space and they shoot some guns. It's It's a nice balance. And then I saw the originals and I was like, wait a minute, there's no policy debate at all in these movies. Like there's not, they have no policy they're up for debate. And so The Hill is, I really do like the prequels much more (gasps) than the main movies, like substantially. Wow. Even I know that that's unusual. Some people are like, oh, haha, like you're joking, like in this sort of, you know, like meme, ironic, self-knowing kind of way. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, no, like I just like them more. I would much rather rewatch the the prequel movies you know hear about sand it's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere some of the great dialogue george lucas blessed us with mm-hmm. rather than sit through the originals they're good they're fine movies yeah. but you know they're not great like they're they're okay when you say the prequels is that episode one it's one two three yeah because exactly. four five six that was the original yeah i had that on vhs that was in wow. vhs in my home you had four five six on vhs aren't those the original emperor strikes yeah yeah, back, yeah yeah et cetera yeah et cetera yeah. <laughs> you know, the other See, two that, that I know the name of, but I, but I don't right, want to waste time. Right, 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 right. right. You know? Like we both know that, you know, all the yeah, Star Wars movies, exactly. but like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, make you count that to your listeners right now. For sure. And I definitely haven't never seen most of them. That's for sure. That's all I have to say about that. No, and I, and I will not be following up offline <laughs> with you about, about this new fact I'm discovering live. <laughs> Has anyone ever really gone toe-to-toe with you on this, on the idea that the prequels are better? You know what the thing is? I I don't think so because I think I've I've been smart enough to not advertise my bad opinions. Like this is the thing about Twitter. Wow. All the bad opinions that I have have been so resoundingly uh, mocked mm. when I tweet them. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is this is nice because we're 17 minutes into this podcast now. So like maybe some people are gonna hear it, maybe they won't, or yeah. maybe they'll skip right over it. You know, are you suggesting like, that people only listen to the first 15 or so minutes of my podcast and then they I'm leave? suggesting that people are going to hear your voice and, and yeah. slow down to like 0.5x but they're going right. to hear my voice and go like two three four x just zip through Zach you are a smooth talker I, that's, <laughs> I think that might be what you should be known for <laughs> I've never gone like really toe-to-toe about this this Star Wars thing but I'm I'm open to going toe-to-toe with somebody uh if you want to find me on Twitter after and harass me like DMs are open. Feel free. Awesome. Wow. What an open invite for combat. That's amazing. I know. Sometimes you just want to get in the Thunderdome, you know? Like it's it's life is life is relaxing, but you want to really just go mano a mano sometimes. <laughs> hmm. I can't say I've ever once been like, hey internet. <laughs> <laughs> hey internet, like come come pile on. I'm giving yeah. you a nice juicy topic. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, speaking of being proven wrong, have you ever been proven really, really wrong? Is there a time that sticks out to you? So when I was a kid, someone told me I wanted to find college scholarships. And somebody told me that playing the French horn was huh. a like scholarship instrument. Oh. And so I like uncritically was like, okay, great. I'm going to play French horn and that's going to be my ticket to not paying for school. Huh. And I played French horn for years. I picked it up in middle school at some point. Mm. I played it until I graduated from high school. Uh, and I was very wrong. I didn't get $1 in scholarship money wow. for all of those years of effort playing the French horn. I mean, I'm not surprised. Well, that makes that makes one of us because yeah. I was very surprised. Did you enjoy playing the French horn? You know, not particularly. I thought no. it was fine. Okay. Like, I thought it was fine. You know, listen, if I could play it back, would I choose to play the French horn again, knowing I would not get a single dollar for mm. my time? Yeah. 
you know, I would play an instrument, but it wouldn't be French horn. Do you play any other instruments now? No, no. That one brush with not getting compensated for my time really scarred me. And so no Mm. more. Yeah. Yeah. Art do be like that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's actually weird. I'm the only artist in history to ever feel unfulfilled commercially. Yeah. That is a unique experience for you. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone would ever sympathize with that. And you just wanted to venture capital. So there you go. Right. Right. Then I really ran away from that feeling. I can like futz around on piano a little bit and I can, I can futz around on uh, guitar a little bit, but like nothing Mm -hmm. that I played with the sort of rigor that I practiced French horn on. Yeah. That makes sense. It's interesting you were already looking into that stuff in middle school. You know, I honestly don't remember if I sought it out, if I was like, let me go find scholarship instruments, or Mm -hmm. if somebody just said in passing, hey, I think you can get good scholarships playing it. And that like burrowed its way into my head and just stayed there for like years, uncritically, just set up base there. Isn't that funny how that stuff gets in your brain at 10 or 11 years old? Right. You you take it as fact, and now it's fact forever. It's like I'm too young to know to look things up or, or critically think about it, right. but old enough that I will remember it forever and make it core to my life. It's like a really, really good age to hear things at. Oh, truly. When I was around that age, my mom told me if you're going to go get a manicure to never let the person cutting your nails cut your cuticles because you can get an infection or something really bad can happen to you. And I swear to God, for the rest of my life, every manicure I've ever had, if they're like, do you want me to cut your cuticles? I'm like, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you. And I said this to her, I don't know, a month ago, I said, oh, by the way, like something, you know, don't, you know, don't get your cuticles cut or, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do that. And she was like, why? And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, well, I don't understand. I always do that. And I'm like, you literally told me that that was like the worst (laughs) thing you could do. Like my hand was going to fall off. Are you joking? She had zero recollection. She didn't know where it came from. She didn't know what what I was talking about or referencing. So cool. That's just been like 20 plus years of my life. That's funny. I'm going to out myself as somebody with unmanicured nails and say, I'm not sure what you mean when you say cut. Like I just, I hear, I hear those words, but I just, conceptually can't figure out what that actually means in relation to my hands. You can either push them back so that there's more room on your nail or you just snip the edges of them. All right. I I think I, I think I conceptually get this, but I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm still like 50% at best following you. I'll just know that according to my mom, you shouldn't do it. Right. You know what? It's actually very easy for me because I'm just going to continue to not do that and, and just not learn anything new. When I was, when I was a kid, my grandmother told me when you go to like a hotel or when you just go to sleep and, and the sheets are tucked in, like really yeah. nicely tucked in, you shouldn't let that them stay tucked in because your feet will get pushed forward and you'll yeah. have like foot problems. Mm-hmm. And so now, and again, I think this is not based on any reality, but like now whenever I travel, yeah. I like have to pull out the the sheet from the yeah. bed because if my feet feel like they're being pressed down, I have like still this thought of I'm going to wake up with like messed up feet tomorrow. Actually, though, Zach, a physical therapist told me that once. Was your physical therapist my grandmother? It was your grandmother. Maybe maybe they're in cahoots. There we go. It was the time I went to see your grandmother about physical therapy. Right. You know, I I expected that, actually. Yeah. They really did tell me that, though. They said, do you sleep with your feet tucked into the sheets? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I actually don't believe that's true, though. Here's another thing. At some point, someone told me that's not the case. And I don't know which is true and which is not true. I've never done the work to look it up. Huh. 
Wow. I just always err on the side of not risking it. But I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. Well, unfortunately, neither of us know the answer. So Right. And there's no way to learn new information quickly. So that's no, it. No, Forever unsolved Well, I guess mysteries. we'll never know. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of your family, is there anything that your family did when you were growing up that you at the time thought was normal, but later realized was extremely strange? There were a lot of really nice things that my family Aww. did. Like we always ate dinner together every night. Lovely. And when I was a kid and growing up, and we always go around and talk about our days and what happened. Now, I'm uh, I'm Jewish on one side and I'm Italian mm-hmm. on my other side. Wait, I did not know about the Italian side. Yes, my <gasps> dad's family is Italian. Oh my God. And what that sets up for is a very loud dinner experience. <laughs> so this is the thing that's a little strange. Like, I do remember going to other people's homes as a child and thinking like, wow, you don't have to fight for airtime like at the <laughs> dinner table. Like people just talk and then there's like a quiet moment when no one is talking. Oh my and God. that was a strange realization. Like there will be moments at other people's dinners where there's just no one speaking. People are just all eating at the same time. Wow. Because that was not a consideration of my childhood home growing up. Wow. I mean, maybe that's part of what refined your ability to be an engaging speaker. Yeah. I think it gave me a nice early practice in the Thunderdome of fighting for airtime. So that's a nice... I I love my family deeply. I'm very, very close to all of them. It definitely was strange to go to other people's homes and realize like, oh, people just sit quietly and sometimes don't always feel the need to talk (laughs) all the time. I don't know what that's like. Sounds nice, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure some people enjoy that kind of thing, you know. Wow, I did not know about the Italian side, which how is that possible? The reason I'm so excited is that I'm Italian. Really? Yeah. So You didn't know that? What did you think I was? I, You know, it, it didn't really ever occur to me to interrogate your ethnicity. Like, never, never, never Yeah, it never really came up for me. Oh, we were friends. All right. Okay, here's one one strange thing. It's strange that in movies, Italians and Jews always play each other, right? Have you noticed this? Like in The Godfather and The Sopranos, like it's always back and forth. And so I feel like it actually, if I were to become an actor, it just doubles my my potential range of roles. I could play any Jewish character, any Italian character, back and forth, no problem. Yeah, people think I'm Jewish a lot. So I I think that's... I I did. I did. I did think you were Jewish. There we go. See? Thank you. you. You know that I, you were you were you were leading us to that path here, but you know that I did think you were Jewish. I mean, thank you so much. It truly would be an honor to be a member of the tribe. Is there a fad, whether that be fashion, workout, cultural, etc., that you look back on participating in now and it makes you a little cringy? Yeah, when I was a child, or not even a child, like fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever. That was when the remember the Livestrong bracelets. Yes. That was when the Livestrong bracelets were like peak popularity. Yeah, yes. And there was a moment in time when the cool thing to do mm-hmm. was to have an arm oh, full no. of bracelets all the way up to like past your elbow. No, no. All no, no, bracelets. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. All bracelets like stacked up, stacked up. What? And um, I did. <gasps> Zach. So there were causes that I had never heard of just going up my entire arm. That's ridiculous. Were your friends doing this? Oh, yeah. It wasn't like I was the only person. That would be really strange if I was like the only guy walking around with a full sleeve of of Livestrongs. Yeah. Everybody I know in suburban Los Angeles in, you know, whatever, however old fourth, fifth, sixth grade was, was walking around with these bracelets on. Were your parents just like, what's going on here, folks? Like, were they curious at all? (laughs) I think my parents were a little weird like why is it that you get dressed every day and then put on 30 wristbands yeah totally a reasonable reaction yeah i'd ask right i mean who wouldn't who wouldn't ask and the strangest thing is there's like a hierarchy 
to the wristbands, right? Like the Livestrong wristband clearly was the the creme de la creme pre <laughs> pre stuff that came out, right? Of course. And then yeah, you have like the knockoff ones that were a little flimsier, a yeah. little cheaply made, you know, and they were for causes nobody had heard of. I look back and I wonder, like, you know, why is the big question? What yeah. prompted that to happen? Do you photos of that? Do you think? I'm sure. I'll put it this way: I would never willingly keep that kind of material sure, on me but sure. i'm sure my parents have somewhere photos of that of that moment in time i'll ask your grandmother at my next physical therapy appointment <laughs> <laughs> zach what is the most memorable gift that you've ever received or given somebody when i went to school in undergrad i was a summer intern it was the summer that uh, hamilton came out mm-hmm. and uh, it was a gift that I received and then gave as well. So uh, it was right before Lin-Manuel was getting ready to leave Hamilton. It was the original cast. And again, outing myself as a major nerd for hearing about this, but he was about to leave. Yeah. And I, I think my mom, I don't know if she had won them. I don't know how she obtained the tickets. Yeah, who knows? She, sure. she met some guy and whatever, but she had gotten tickets to one of the final performances with the original <gasps> cast of Hamilton. Oh my God. And she gave them to me oh my as a God. gift. I gave one to, at the time, my then girlfriend as a gift. Oh my God. And we went to see Hamilton. There were great seats because you were there, which is the yeah. important part. It was the original cast. This was the height of like oh Hamilton mania, like the whole thing. And it was, it was extremely, extremely memorable. It was phenomenal. Several things. Okay, let's unpack. So first of all, I love Hamilton deeply. So I don't consider that like a nerdy thing. I consider that very cool. I think people say it's like passe now, but I loved it when it came out. I still like it. I get that it's like a book report on American history, but it's yeah. a fun book report and it's I enjoy great it. book report. I've seen the discourse. However, sure. I would say... <laughs> I don't want to wait. This is, by the way, not... Don't, please don't DM right, me no. about this. Not coming in the Thunderdome Zach on this does discourse. not want any DMs about Hamilton. Star, Star Wars prequels, yes. <laughs> yes. Hamilton, no. Exactly. Honestly, if you really want to DM someone about Hamilton... That <laughs> I will fall on that sword. That's fine. If you really are jonesing to DM someone about perfect, Hamilton. perfect. Okay, good. Okay, so yes, this is an arena where Hamilton is a cool thing. I understand the discourse around it being passe, but that's what happens when something is groundbreaking and then time passes. So our point earlier, it kind of lodged in my head very yeah. uncritically, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. now I will never watch this and be have like a critical eye totally. tuned to Hamilton. It's forever going to be a nice, positive thing. Maybe the, the COVID version of what you're describing, which is that when I made a big mistake on Hamilton, when I lived in New York, Hamilton was just starting out. It was at the public. It was yeah. on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My best friend said, oh my God, Alexis, the show Hamilton at the public theater is incredible. And I was like, that's oh, nice. no. But in New York... You hear that once a week. Right, of course. So I thought, oh, that's great. I'm happy for my friend Sarah. And then it went to Broadway and she said, Alexis, I saw it again. Seriously, this is (laughs) unbelievable. Wow, your friend Sarah has great taste. Good for her seeing it twice. Great job, Sarah. We're all very happy for Sarah. We are all very happy for Sarah. That's right, actually. (laughs) I was really happy for her, but it didn't occur to me like I should buy tickets. So some tickets come out. I think, all right, I'm going to buy tickets for me and my mom. Why not? Yep. This will be fun. And then I looked at the price. Keep in mind, I was working at a tech startup as a, an account manager my first year out of college. So I look at the price and oh, they were yeah, like yeah. $140 each. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, there was there was no world where I was ever going to be able to buy as a summer intern sure. Hamilton ticket. Well, the way that I ended up with a happy ending for my Hamilton story is that I didn't buy the tickets, but I'm living with my mom temporarily right now. And I asked her if she would dress up with me to watch Hamilton on Disney Plus. 
and also her fiance. And we did a theater style viewing of Hamilton on Disney plus. And I had like gone out for coffee and I came back and she was wearing, I swear to God, she looked red carpet ready. She was in a gown. She wore a red gown and her fiance wore a suit. And we all sat there and I made everyone turn their phones off and (laughs) M&Ms and we had pistachios and you get a glass of wine. And then my mom was like, okay, well, what if we have to go to the bathroom? And I said, well, there will be an intermission. Right. Just hold <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's what we did. And it was amazing. Also, watching it on Disney Plus, you can put the subtitles on, which if you haven't totally. listened to the soundtrack a totally. hundred thousand times like me, is actually really, really helpful for hearing what they're saying. It's funny. I actually thought it was that okay, this is this is a little sacrilegious, but one, I thought it was better on Disney Plus than <gasps> I did in person. Ooh. That's here's another hill because you not only did you get the subtitles, which yeah. is huge because I did not listen to the soundtrack. In fact, I went into Hamilton blind. <gasps> I had never heard wow. the soundtrack oh, well, before I saw it. Yeah, it was pretty new at the time. I mean, listen, there was no real excuse. Like it was pretty popular and I, I could yeah. have listened. But at some point I hadn't heard it. And I was like, you know, it's not that much longer until I'm going to see it. I'm just sure. not just sure. not going to hear it. And the other thing on Disney Plus is they zoom in on the faces. I right? loved so that. Yeah. Right. And I when you're that. sitting there, it's like I had binoculars to go look. Like I was, yeah, you, know, you see what you can see. And I have glasses. So not yeah. that much is the answer. I loved it. I thought it was really well done. Wow. Well, that's a great gift. It was a great gift. And you know what would be an even greater gift? Send me the photos after of you guys doing your red carpet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Of course I will. So let me ask you this Zach, who would play you in a movie about your life? And follow up question. Should this be a biopic or should we zoom in on a specific year or happening in your life? Wow. That's a really good question. I actually don't know who would play me now. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID, okay. I, I was I was compared. <laughs> this, 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 listen. Really be that different. Well, for one, I'm like tan. That's a new, it's a new addition to my life relative or what passes for tan on me. I dropped the glasses. That's a that's number two. Yeah, where did they go? Um, just don't, just haven't been wearing them. You know, well, I will actually, this is like a, a side piece, but I only have one eye that's messed up. I have one eye that's like phenomenal, one eye that's not so good. And so it's one, oh. it's one contact, singular contact. Really? Yeah, yeah, like, but now you don't match your little Twitter app. No, I didn't. I considered updating him with a monocle, but I thought that would be really yeah. strange for folks when they see me and, and I never, never wear a monocle, of course, on the Zoom. Can you update him to remove the glasses? Well, I didn't actually make... He has a mask. I did have a mask a little bit because one of my followers made him a mask. I didn't have the artistic oh, ability to do that. Really yeah, cute. it was really nice, actually. Okay, so in a movie, I don't know who would play me now, but maybe we can brainstorm. Who do you think would play me in a movie? We could do like looks and vibe. We could separate out. No one comes to mind off the bat. I mean, besides the obvious the obvious lookalikes, you know, Ryan Gosling, George Clooney. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Famously, I mistake constantly for Blake Lively, right, obviously. Right, right. We always say that. Right. And you were saying Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yes, that's right. Ryan Reynolds. Whichever people come up to me on the street and they're like, whichever Ryan, what's her name, is married to, that's the one you look yeah. like. And I, I don't know which yeah, well, that's what they say to me. Well, I totally understand. People come up to me on the street. I don't actually know like who the who the celebrity doppelganger is. I, I don't know on looks or vibe, truthfully. Do people ever say you remind them of a celebrity or a character from a show? Trying to think the last time I've heard that. I get this constantly, by the way. This is why I'm I'm surprised. Who do people remind who do you remind people of? Anne Hathaway. Oh, I see that. Yeah. Blake Blake Lively. Right. <laughs> yeah. Lily Collins, who stars in Emily in Paris. Oh, yeah. I yeah. I can see that. Like, you know, when I was a kid, okay, when I was a kid, people did say that I looked like Harry Potter because I had round glasses. <gasps> oh. 
I had a very yeah. cute face. You know, I always wanted to hit some for Halloween. Like that was a sort of yes. easy layup costume Love for that. me. Now as an adult though, I don't think I look like him anymore. So I really couldn't tell you. I mean, I could totally see that, especially younger, but it seems you've grown in different directions, perhaps. Fun fact actually is that Hermione was often my go-to. Costume. Really? Okay. Yeah, because of my big it. hair. Yeah, well, it was actually pretty heartbreaking to me that you recently cut your hair. You used to have like <laughs> the Rapunzel-esque really situation going on. It's still pretty long, Zach. It's still pretty yeah, long. But, like, could I climb it up a tower? No, probably not. But that's a good thing. Like it was looking insane. I looked like a witch. <laughs> Listen, I didn't see you in person, so far be it for me to comment. But I will mm-hmm. say that, you know, whenever we spoke, I thought it looked fine. Thank you. I appreciate that greatly. Um, my mom started coming up to me and going, Alexis, you you have you have to cut it. She goes, I don't think you know what the back looks like. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> mothers, right? Famously never looking after their children's best interests. <laughs> Mm, okay, so we still don't have a celeb for you, Zach. Yeah, we no need, celeb. We need a leading man. DMs are open on the celeb thing. You know, just Google okay. Google me and and whatever comes to mind. DMs are open. And then in terms of when it should happen, you know, I, I have to say, like the thing that would stick out to me would be the startup, right? Like probably mm-hmm. the most insane period of my life. I was very young. I was working on a company. I was working like 18, 19 hour days. You know, yeah. every day. I had no sense of like time management or protect myself from burnout. So I was so young, a first time founder, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to do any of that. Our office was like in this basement in Boulder, Colorado. We were at the Techstars program out there back in 2011. It was like a former health club. They had turned into offices and it was like, so I got basically no sunlight. I was like down there (laughs) 20 hours a day. I think I basically survived on like Jimmy John's the entire summer to give you a sense of like, yeah. So, so I don't actually know if it would be a good movie, but in terms of like emotional variability that was the most you know high variance point in my life i mean i think that that could be really exciting for a movie well a lot of a guy like rolling cold calls in a basement eating jimmy john (laughs) sandwiches i don't know i don't know exactly how that would track to the screen but you know if if when they get george clooney to play me that'll make a lot of sense actually people will see that part could just be a montage yeah that could be a montage maybe maybe it's the full it's the full startup that's the montage portion we could definitely do it. I mean, I think cold calling lends itself really well to a montage generally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, like, 80s power ballad in the background. I think it'd be great. Yeah. What year was all that? 2011, 2012. Okay. There's some good bangers we could put on the soundtrack. I'm thinking, I want, like, some Jason Derulo. Oh, wow. Well, it's, it's actually just the beginning part of the song where he says his name, like, Jason Derulo. <laughs> just a loop of that for two and a half minutes. Perfect. Yeah, great. great. Great, great, great. This is going to be a good movie, I think. Good yeah, soundtrack. I, I <laughs> that's right. I can't, I can't wait to see it. Okay. I'm going to put some thought into who, who can play you. What makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Basically everything. I, I'm a big laugher. I love to laugh. Love to laugh. Uh, yes, I love, love to that. live. I love to love. I love to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Zach famously known for live, his love live, of laugh. laughter, yeah. living and loving. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, the live, laugh, love. I wouldn't say I coined it, but like I hadn't heard it yeah, before but, I came up with that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Some people say. Also, maybe that's why I like being friends with you. Cause I love people who are an easy laugh. <laughs> That's right. You're like, wow. Zach is like a, a three drink in audience all the time exactly. for stand up. I'm like, God, I'm so funny. You're like, wow, killing it today. Killing it. Yes. I'm a real easy laugh. Growing up, I loved like one liners. Like, I used to love like okay. Stephen Wright or uh, I used to love Dimitri Martin, if you've ever watched yeah, his stand up. Of course. And so I loved like kind of weird, absurdist humor. Like, Nathan for you makes me laugh yeah. probably more than anything else. I just 
can't help yeah. myself. But yeah, I think I am a pretty easy laugh in general. I love, I love comedy. I love to live. I love to laugh. And I love to love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm excited for you. And that's what makes you unique, you know? My love of living, laughing and loving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're the only one. Yeah, the only one. Right. Okay. So if you had to do a five minute comedy stand up set tomorrow, what would you talk about? Well, I think first of all, I I know that you like to do comedy, which I am very impressed by because I think the idea is mortifying. There was like <laughs> there was some quote. <laughs> no, not mortifying for you, mortifying for me. To be no, fair. no. I and that's how I felt about it before I started doing stand up for sure. There was some quote, and I forgot who said it, but it was like it was some stand up comedian who was like, if I had to relearn stand-up comedy or become like an open heart surgeon, I would go do open heart surgery. That would be a lot easier than relearning mm. stand-up. So I guess the real answer is I wouldn't would be the, the most honest answer. But if gun to my head, if I had to do five minutes, I, I always really liked kind of like Seinfeld, Larry David, uh, like observational humor. And yes, so I think totally. I'd break out my bad Seinfeld impression and uh, and do five minutes on like some of the stuff like you did, like weird stuff people say in SF. Like there's there's yeah. probably a lot of there's probably some good stand up there. Absolutely. Oh my god, I would love to be at that stand up show. That would make one of us. But yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll get you there. That would be really fun for me. I think Zach, do you know your astrological sign, and do you care? I don't know. I don't care. I, I actually, I think I do know. It's either Aquarius or Capricorn. It's one of the two. Oh wait. No, I know. I know. It's Aquarius. Okay. So yeah, I'm you would know. All right. See, but I, I don't, I really don't care. I, there's so many other forms of astrology that I can, like the economy that I can put my attention to that uh-huh. paying attention to like yeah. real astronomy just seems like kind of a waste of time. I understand. What about meditation? Do you meditate? God, I would love to. I've tried. This is like the thing that I have tried the most to do and probably haven't succeeded at is meditation. Okay. Like I know it's really good for you. I think it's good for you yeah. physically, psychologically, physiologically. The closest I ever got was I read a book and it was written by an emergency room doctor uh, about how he learned to do transcendental meditation. And that mm. was a good book because it was light on the mysticism, but high on the like, here's how I just did it. And that spoke yeah. to me really deeply, but I can't, I don't know. It's really hard. I have like really struggled with this. I would love to meditate though. So if people have other okay. suggestions, my DMs are open for that too. DMs are also open for that. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, I can believe in ghosts. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. I don't not believe in ghosts. Like I'm willing to be convinced if I saw a ghost that it was real. Okay. You wouldn't immediately assume you were crazy. No, 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 no. Well, I would never assume okay. that. But I would, I would, I would be sure. open okay. to the concept okay. of believing in ghosts if I if I saw enough evidence. Amazing. Do you think you've ever seen a ghost? No. Mm, me neither. Yeah, it's too bad. And I, I really have been in a lot of haunted places. You know, but but no ghosts. Damn. Okay, yeah. maybe someday. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Zach Kukoff. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by public.com. Public.com is the investing social network where you can buy stocks with any amount of money and share ideas within a community of investors. We've all heard the saying, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, which is a big yikes. Something that caught my attention recently is that Public announced they would no longer be generating revenue from Payment for Order Flow, or PFOF. What that means is Public is committing to routing trades directly between you and the stock exchanges, like NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange. Why that matters is it avoids the conflict of interest between potentially competing incentives of the brokerage and the customer. If you caught all that, you know it's a good thing and not something everybody does. And if you're new to investing and that meant nothing to you, that's okay too. 
One of the great things about public.com is you can learn as you go. The built-in social features provide plenty of opportunities to learn. Head to public.com to sign up or take a look at what I'm investing in at public.com slash yay Alexis Gay. And now the fine print, this is not investment advice. This offer is valid for U.S. residents 18 plus and subject to account approval. See public.com slash disclosures for more information. And we're back with Zach Kukoff. Okay, Zach We've come to a very exciting time Ooh. in the non-technical episode. Okay, what's what's yeah? What time are we at? It's time for the lightning round. Oh gosh. Okay, I'm ready for it. Did I run by you originally what I was going to try to call this? No. What were you going to call it? <laughs> I thought this was so funny, and I asked so many people, and they all said no. <laughs> I was going to call it the friends and family round. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, that's cute. This is see, I'm an easy laugh, so like I'm happy to throw a laugh in. Yeah, it means less now. Now that I, I know, know that I know. I'm like, it's oh, like it's man. cheapened, it's cheapened the laugh. I'm gonna stop laughing so often, then you'll have to No, I'll be really sad. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm getting so much less funny. Yeah, none of the, none of my new materials ever working. Okay, so we're at the lightning round. I was also gonna call it the series A round, the series like I had a, a bunch of round jokes, and then it, literally everyone I talked to was like why would you call it that? And I was like, oh, you know. You should just talk to more VCs because that's like a captive audience, just kind of humor. I think I intentionally didn't because I right. knew that that would be too targeted, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, you knew it's, like a, it's a friendly audience. Exactly. Okay, so lightning round. Okay, so first question for you, coffee or tea? Tea. <gasps> wow, what yeah. kind of tea? I, I like coffee. I like cold brew. Yeah. I, I drink cold yeah. brew, but I love sure. mint tea, peppermint tea, fresh mint leaves, like mint tea. I'm a huge, like non-caffeinated mint tea fan. It's my favorite like evening drink or after dinner. Amazing. Wow. Do you take it with milk or sugar or just regular? A little bit of honey. That's it. <gasps> Zach, oh my God. This is just like a whole new side of you. I had no idea. That you- this is like the relaxed Zach. Relaxed Zach. Goes oh. out for a meal, has a nice pot of tea after, a little bit of honey in, you know, getting getting loose Gorgeous. at the end. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Do you have a favorite board game? Do I have a favorite board game? I have uh, so many memories of, I, I have a competitive family and I'm a very competitive person, as you know. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of memories of drawn out arguments over cheating allegations for Monopoly. So I'd say not Monopoly. Really? Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. Not, not Monopoly. Monopoly. I guess, I guess like Settlers would be one, but honestly. Yeah, I love Settlers. Yeah, Settlers or Avalon, I guess is sort of the board game. Like there's a lot of good board games, but not Monopoly. Totally. iOS or Android? Oh, iPhone. Yeah, like forever and always. Yeah, if you're if you're a green bubble, I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> come on. And I know, I'm leaving you know. that I'm leaving that joke in. By the way, that joke. <laughs> My poor green bubble friends is so hard to text you. I, I understand those words together, green bubble and friends. That's <laughs> oxymoron. Do you have a pump up song? Do I have a pump up song? No, but I, yeah. I want one now. Honestly, you honestly, you know what song I like? It's not like a pump up song, but it's um okay. a bad like eighties montage song. And it's uh I don't I don't I think it's called You're the Best Around. You're like you're the best around. That around. One, yeah. 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 Na, 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 bring you down. yeah, that's like a yeah. good I saw that I think I saw them like a South Park or something as a kid. And they always use it as like their bad montage music. And I love sure. it because I think it was like in the karate kit or something. That's that one. And then I would say, um, I also love living in America from uh, Rocky four with Yvonne Drago. That's a great, wow. also, by the way, small hill, Rocky four, best Rocky of all of them. Wow. Okay. Are DMs open on that one? I mean, sure. But I don't know who on earth would disagree <laughs> with, with the fact that Rocky four is the best Rocky movie. I've never seen any of them. So I have no, Ugh, I'm not even going to get into it with you. <laughs> okay. Have you ever read a book twice? Yeah, I have. Multiple books. A book. 
Uh, wow, what's one? I read a couple of books twice. So every couple of years, I read the Robert Caro series of Lennon Johnson, probably like every five or six years. It's one of these books. Really? Yeah, it's it's one of these books where there's just, it's a sort of series that so there's four of them now. It's just, there's so much depth to them and there's so much I think you can learn. So that would be like a, a, a nonfiction I read, I've reread a couple of times. And then when I was a kid, there was a book series I really liked called uh, The Magicians. And it was written by a guy named... <gasps> yes. Oh, you read it. I've read the first one and I got the second one for Christmas. Okay. Well, I love I loved those books. There's three of them. And yeah. I found them very emotionally impactful. I read them in, I don't know, high school, I think, whenever they first came out. Wow. And it was like, you know, a very good time in life to read them. So I reread them later and I they held up beautifully and there was new meaning to a lot of them. So I, I really... He's a great writer. This guy, I love Grossman. Yeah. But yeah, that would be a... a nonfiction book that I felt, or sorry, a fiction book rather, that I felt stuck with me really deeply. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Last question for you, Zach, is what would you title your memoir? What I title my memoir? I don't know. I was thinking like maybe like yap, yap, yapping. I don't know. There's like, there's gotta be <laughs> yap, yap, yapping, colon, the Zach Gukoff story. I don't know. It's a good question. What about like all talk? I like the concept, but like all talk implies no action, you know, it's like, but that's, but it's like some, you could make it subversive. subversive. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. There's so many bad memoir titles that I, I feel like the bar is <laughs> on the floor for this category. Great. Well, then I yeah, guess there's nowhere it. to go but yeah, up. Yeah, I'll talk. Done. Wait, the nowhere end. to go but up. Ah, uh, nowhere to go but up. That sounds, that sounds like it's like my story of returning from rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay. That all right. Well, I think all talk is a good one. I like yap, yap, yap. Yap, 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 yap. Yeah, yap, yap, yap. And you know, that's good too. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Zach, thank you so much for joining me on Non-Technical. Where can people find more about you? Wow. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. People can find me on Twitter. I'm ZCK. Or if you are starting a company and you want to talk to somebody about it, please feel free to shoot me a note on my first name at generalcatalyst.com. Woo, that's awesome. And, and uh, for anyone who wants to find me, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at GayAlexisK and at NontechnicalPod and also on Instagram. Okay, wow. Zach, this has been a real pleasure. I can't thank you enough and I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, bye. Bye-bye. Oh boy, I have a review to read. This one comes from Would It Be Pod. Must listen, five stars. Now that I missed the 30 under 30 list, my next goal is to make it on this podcast. Seriously, highly recommend. I listen to a lot of podcasts and this is one of the top ones on my list. Wow. Thank you so much, Mudipi Pod. I super appreciate that. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and leave me a review on iTunes. Give me a little corpse speak, a little tech lingo, and you might hear it on the pod. Until next time, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.